We're back. This time with episode 404, titled Us and Them. I'm kinda I'm kinda bored with the season. <laughs> Respectfully. I think 401 started off on such a trajectory that this could have been like a really goofy, weird season throughout, because it was the last one. But then it's just not delivering. I don't know. But at least we meet some new characters this episode to start to like mix things up. But I don't know. Things are going a little slow. But enough preamble. Let me just get right into it. So I'll start with the A plot and then talk about the B plot later. So the A plot. It's a June Tommy plot. The opening monologue I keep saying monologue, I mean voiceover. Jude's opening voiceover is her talking about uh, when her and Tommy should go public. She says, and I quote, like Romeo and Juliet, (laughs) couples um, have to think about when the best time to go public is. I paraphrase that last part. So Jude and Tommy are in a restaurant. It looks like they probably bought out the restaurant because there's no one else in here uh but the restaurant is made of like a wall of windows that (laughs) aren't blocked off so anyway it's supposed to be a private date whatever tommy gets up he goes to the bathroom the voiceover is still going jude appears in this bathroom it's like it's definitely like a decidedly men's bathroom but again they're the only people in this restaurant so that doesn't matter but anyway so they start making out and the scene is actually it's definitely the sexiest that instant stars ever been and i imagine ever will be so they start making out they go into a stall continue to make out jude starts wrapping her legs around tommy's back and if you know, you know. And then you see the camera shot becomes obscured by uh, a cell phone. A very 2008 cell phone that was <laughs> basically a brick. But you see someone start to record them. And June and Tommy both realize that they are being recorded by this person. So this mystery person, it's a man. He tries to storm out of the bathroom But Tommy catches him and throws his phone, and Jude, wearing stilettos for this only purpose, uh, like, stomps through the phone. And the ending voiceover is like, when couples go public the wrong way, things get messy. And so that is the basis for this A-plot, is that now it's time, I guess, for June Tommy to become public, finally? But even just off-rip. So, and I think I mentioned this before. Like, all of the scenes that June and Tommy are in, like, ever since the end of 401, have been, like, PDA-heavy. Like, they're always touching each other anytime they're sharing a scene together. And, like, all of these have been public places. Last episode, the party, all over each other. 402, Carmen Speed's wedding, was in public, all over each other. There's another scene, I forget which episode it is. But they're walking through, like, downtown, holding hands. Like, (laughs) I'll delve more into it in a bit. But 
the whole thing about this episode is that there is such a frenzy around the news of their coupledom coming out that it like becomes crazy. But if this was such hot news, the story could have broken a long time ago. Because, like I've been saying, there's been PDA all over the place. So, we cut to the next scene. Darius is informing them that this has become a big deal, which, now that I think about it, maybe part of the frenzy is, like, maybe an implication that they were about to, like, fuck in that bathroom. (laughs) Because, again, the scene was very sexy. So, I maybe that's what's implied here, is that people... Not just the fact that they're together, but the fact that, oh, she's having sex now or whatever. So the whole thing with this episode, with this A-plot, is that there are a lot of scenes where paparazzi is chasing them here and there, and Jude keeps getting into these blunders with people. Like, there's this one paparazzi guy who's, he's definitely a douche and antagonizes Jude throughout the episode, and Jude, while trying to, like, get away from the scene, she gets into a car and accidentally backs over his foot. And so that just adds to the frenzy of, like, oh, did she do that on purpose? And this and that. And just adds to the negative negative attention around her. Which, like, fine, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) It's just, yeah, the scene came up in the background. And she, like, continues to antagonize this, um spectacularly uh douchey paparazzi guy and at one point she even like hits the foot that she drove over and then that obviously like keeps the frenzy going and like this all keeps bubbling over and jude gets more and more um flustered by all of the attention so i'm getting a tiny bit ahead of myself here maybe there was another incident that kind of like set off this frenzy or at least preceded it. So after Darius says, well, you guys are out now, so go and like get the public on your side, make people love you, whatever. So Jude gets on this talk show and she has an interview with this guy and the scene plays out. It's, um, I was going to say an homage. I don't know if that's the right, (laughs) the right word, but it's a parody of the incident with Tom Cruise, where Tom Cruise jumped up on Oprah's couch during her talk show, which I went back and rewatched that incident to compare, and I completely forgot how unhinged <laughs> of a moment that is. Oh my goodness. It was almost unwatchable. Like, I've never <laughs> witnessed such erratic behavior. When Tom Cruise jumps up on the couch, he says it, or he does it, literally mid-sentence of Oprah talking. (laughs) Like, she asks him a question, he answers. Uh, Oprah starts, you know, like, preambling her way into the next question. And Tom Cruise, just mid-sentence, just jumps on the couch and he does his little arm thing. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable. But anyway, the scene in Instant Star is trying to parody that, but it's somehow just as uncomfortable. So Jude jumps up on the couch and she does like this, almost like the Ashley Simpson dance when she got caught uh, lip syncing. So she does this little like jig or whatever. And then she starts singing 
pick up the pieces, which is the boys attack song that's been in uh, a few episodes in the past. And so that's like the second thing that sets off the frenzy of, oh, now everyone wants to know about June, Tommy and this and that. So that's something else that added fuel to the fire. So again, it's just like several iterations of that, of her being chased by paparazzi and people um, making her uncomfortable because they're following her everywhere, etc. And I also think the thing with the douchey paparazzi guy was probably maybe <laughs> supposed to be um, like a parallel to the Britney Spears incident with the umbrella and the head shaving, you know. So I think that's what the episode was trying to be is like an overall critique slash look into the craziness that is like frenzy around celebrities. So we meet the first of two new characters when Jude is running away from paparazzi and she ducks into a record store. The owner of the record store, whose name is Megan, helps her out and gives her essentially like a pep talk about how she can't let these people make her want to stop making music because Megan had this incident where she was like super down on her luck, feeling hopeless for lack of a better term. And she heard Jude's music on the radio and like that turned her life around and she got a loan and she started a record store. Da, da, da. And so that was like a nice little scene, I guess. And so Jude gets inspired to like go back out into the world and face the paparazzi and face all the negative attention, etc. And so the episode or the A plot ends with this big performance that's held for a children's benefit of some sort. I'm not sure what the end goal is, but there's a big performance. Jude and SME are dressed up like well, SME is dressed up like um I forget the name of the Beatles thing. Sergeant Sergeant Pepper? I think so. So they have a performance, they bring out a chorus of kids, and it's this like beautiful, wholesome moment. And that's it. <laughs> There's no like I mean, I guess the scene with Megan was supposed to be like the message of the episode is that like, you got to keep going, even though there's frenzy and people are crazy about celebrities, you know, and still are, you know, don't let it get you down type of thing, which, okay, yeah, I get it. But <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't connect with this episode. It wasn't that much of anything. The frenzy around her, I don't know. I just didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not sure what is missing for me, but I guess it's just not a relatable plot to us peasants, you know. A side note, I I always have the episode in the background. There have been so many ladies in this episode that have been wearing stilettos and like knee-length dresses, and I see all of their calves, like Sadie's calves right now <laughs> in front of my TV. <laughs> there was a scene earlier that Karma was in where she just like has some like snide remark to Jude her calves look great too <laughs> like these are the things that I'm picking up on because I'm not that invested in the episode itself but <laughs> at least everybody looks beautiful oh and I meant to mention earlier in an earlier episode that Tim the actor who plays Tommy his hair is like black this season and it's always just been like a 
a standard shade of brown, but it's decidedly black. And it's kind of distracting, but I mean, it looks good on him still, but it's also very clear that that's not <laughs> what his actual hair color is. Anyway, before I get any more off topic, let me just roll right in to the B-plot. So the B-plot is Jamie related, of course, because we don't have that many characters. So Jamie and Pagan are doing renovations to Nana's basement in order to make it the full-fledged Nana's basement records that it needs to be. And so, dum-de-dum, all of a sudden, this girl just walks in to Jamie's basement, to Jamie's Nana's basement, and she just starts talking about, like, feng shui, like she just <laughs> was supposed to be here all the time. She just makes herself at home. And we learn that this girl, her name is... Lynn. She is played by Tatiana Maslany. Uh, the Tatiana from Orphan Black, that one, <laughs> was in Instant Star. And also Cassie Steele is coming up. I do remember that she's in this season. I'm assuming pretty soon because I don't think she has that long of a stay, but I know she's coming up soon. But anyway, Lynn. So Lynn starts off by saying that she's there to be an intern, which how did she even hear about this place in the first place? Who knows? So she says she's there to be an intern. As the episode progresses, Jamie catches her picking up after Pagan's things. I don't remember the first thing that she takes. At some point she takes a journal, but at another point she's like taking his toenail clippings or something, or his fingernail clippings. And Jamie eventually catches her and asks her what she's doing. We learn by her admission later that she believes that Pagan is her father and she doesn't know who her actual father is, but she had a suspicion because her mom really likes Pagan's music and something else. So at the end of the episode, they have this scene where they're like comparing all the things about themselves. They both eat their sandwiches in a weird way and... They both have a third nipple, I guess. <laughs> so Pagan eventually decides that he believes that she's his daughter. They don't do any sort of blood test or anything <laughs> or fraternity test of any sort. They just settle on the fact that, oh, we have similar, similar quirks about us. And hey, if your mom was a fan... I probably fucked a fan, or, <laughs> a fan or two around that time, so okay, I guess you're my daughter. And so that's how that ends. Lynn says that she only came out there to see if Pagan was her father, and then she was just going to dip out and go home with this knowledge. But Pagan convinces her to stay and work with Nana's basement records. And so now she has joined the party, and that's how the B-plot ends. Again, it wasn't very substantial. We met another new character, which is great, but still, I'm <laughs> fairly bored. But it wasn't an awful episode at all. I just, I don't know. It needed something else, I think. But with the plot synopses wrapped up, it's time for the song and episode ratings. This episode's song is titled Perfect. It's a very cute song. It's very bright and bubbly. If you're familiar with the artist 
by the name of Lights. I think her real name is Valerie something. Uh, but she wrote the song, or helped write it at least. And it very much sounds like a light song. It's upbeat, it's fun. There's also, if you search on YouTube, you can hear the version that Light sings of the song, which when you hear her sing it, it's like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> this is very much something that she would have made around 2008. It's very cute. I I think it's pretty good, honestly. For me, it's a 7 out of 10. And then the episode rating, like I said, I was pretty bored by the episode. <laughs> it wasn't so off the wall or anything that it was fun to watch, but it wasn't so devoid of anything that it was like just god awful to watch, but it certainly wasn't fun. It wasn't a good episode that I want to come back to. So for me, I would give it, uh, <laughs> I hate going low, but I feel the first number that called to me was three out of 10. So that is what I'm going to go for. So with a song rating of seven out of 10 and an episode rating of three out of 10, episode 404, Us and Them, gets an average of five out of 10. That's it for this episode, everyone. Hopefully you'll join me next time We, where we will dive in to episode 405. Hope to see you then. Bye.